Hey, Risto here with George Mason University. This episode is the sixth out of a series of 12. Um, in the past episodes, I've provided an overview of the spectrum and I explained the command style, the practice style, the reciprocal style, and the self-check style. Um, you can find these in the feed below wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, so today, I'm gonna talk about the style E, which is the inclusion style. Um, in this style, all of the learners uh, participate in the same task, but the students select the level of difficulty that they are going to perform at. So the teacher designs multiple entry point uh, or entry levels of difficulty to encourage continuous inclusion uh, and enhance participation. So the learners continue to self-assess their own performance against whatever the teacher has set as a criteria to be able to select the most adequate entry level um, amongst the options of difficulty. So I think the best way to explain what inclusion style looks like is first by taking the traditional idea of having a rope that's tied at the same height horizontally and asking kids to jump over it. So as kids make it over, and we'll go more into detail later on about this, um, as kids are making it over, you keep lifting the rope higher and higher, and eventually only one kid's able to make it, and then finally they won't be able to make it over. Um, when you're using an inclusion style, this rope would be at the ground level on one side and then higher on the other. So it basically makes this diagonal or slanted rope. And this is a concept that is key to... Um, the, the, how it's presented in the book. So this is an example that a lot of people will use. So when you have the slanted rope, in this way, the students can then progressively choose their challenge and be successful in jumping over the rope, thus making it inclusive of the student that can barely jump, they would be at the lower level, and then equally challenging to the student who is really good at jumping, they would be at the higher end of the rope. Um, and we'll provide some other uh, examples later on in the podcast of what this looks like outside of the rope analogy. All right. So in the inclusion style, the teacher still makes all the subject matter and logistic decisions and defines the possible levels of difficulty of the task. So um, the students are practicing. Um, so while the students are practicing, the teacher is going to walk around um, acknowledging the choices made by the students they're going to clarify any needed aspects and affirm the accuracy of their self-assessment. Teachers should also redirect the student's focus to performance details on the criteria card in case those are missed or done incorrectly by the students. Um, it's important to note that the teacher can guide the students through questions, but does not change the student's level or they're not, they're also not, the teacher is not assessing their task performance. That's the role of the student in this style. So the learner in the style survey the available levels of the task. They select the entry point that they want to start at. They practice the task while self-assessing based on the teacher's criteria and makes the needed adjustments. Um, in the inclusion style, teachers can teach the same content in a way that all learners are included in the task. So this style focuses on inclusion and continued participation by teaching students to identify the aspects of the task that make it easier 
or more difficult to improve their performance. So he, the subject matter objectives are focused on these four parts. One, designing options to provide different entry points to the students in the same task. Two, accommodating individual performance levels. Three, increasing participation and practice time. And four, providing students with the opportunity to make content adjustments decisions by self-assessment sequence process. So the behavior objectives have all to do with making decisions regarding the levels of practice and content adjustment based on self-assessment. So the students in this style learn to accept that there are individual differences in performance abilities, dealing with the discrepancies between performance aspiration and reality. Okay, so what does this look like in physical education? Now, let's say you're in a disc golf unit teaching students how to throw the Frisbee accurately from different distances. Um, you can set up the options for students to perform the same task by changing the size of the target and the distance of the throw. In one option, you have a larger target and let's say lines on the floor where students can choose to throw from closer or farther to the target. The second option can be a smaller target, once again, with different places to start from, closer or farther from the target. Um, in the inclusion style, the learners will look at the options available in the task designed by you, the teacher, and make a decision about where they want to start. So the student throws this discs trying to achieve the objectives proposed. In this case, you've proposed hitting the target. Normally, the first choice is going to be a safer choice that leads students to complete the task successfully. So the student's going to choose somewhere where they feel they are ready to, um, or they feel like they're going to have the most success. After performing the task, the students decide if they want to repeat their decision. So do it again, exactly the same way where they had success or not and stay in the same place. Or if they want to use an extension by going to an easier option or a more challenging one. So um, the students continue assessing their success with the criteria that you've developed and they're making decisions about the situation they want. Uh, to perform the task. The inclusion process continues and students choose the challenges they want to engage in and learn how to recognize their limits. Um, the teacher uh, in this situation should be walking around providing individual feedback. Now, it's important that the feedback is more general questions at this point, like um, how they are choosing their level or how are they making their decisions of completing the task? It is not the role of the teacher to provide value feedback at this point, meaning the teacher shouldn't be telling learners which level they should choose or if their cho choice is good or bad. So in this, uh, in this example, I, if all of my students are lined up at different levels throwing, I'm not going to say, hey, you should move to an easier one. I should be asking questions about why did you choose to uh, throw from this area or um, I, I'm not giving value feedback. So making these decisions is the role of the student who should be choosing the level they engage in based on 
what they feel more comfortable with and not to please the teacher. Um, even if the student directly asks the teacher which level they think is the best, the teacher should guide the student to make their own decisions appropriately. Well, where do you feel like you're going to have the most success? Where did you go last time? Why do you think you should be there? Questions like that, right? So reflecting on the idea of teaching students um, to make choices about their performance, we can affirm that the inclusion style does not only emphasize cognitive and physical development, but also the emotional de uh, development, understanding where are your limits, what can you do, um, and so on. So it's important to note that this does not mean that the teacher should ignore the performance of the learners. If the students continue to have performance errors after a few tries, the teacher should be going up and providing feedback to clarify these errors, helping to improve their performance and increase, obviously, their students' success. It's also important to explain to the students what inclusion is and the objective of this style when you decide to implement implement this style in your class. Um, Mawson and Ashworth suggest in the book using the example of that horizontal or slanted rope to explain the concept of exclusion and inclusion to students. And this is the um, example that I led with at the beginning of the podcast. So basically the purpose is so that the students can experience the activity of the rope guided by questions positioned by the teachers. And what I mean here is that the teacher starts with the horizontal rope asking students what they want the teacher to do after they jump the rope for the first time. This is going to lead the students to ask to raise the rope, which should be done horizontally until no student can jump over. Once that happens, the teacher explains the concept of exclusion and asks the students, well, what can we do to include everyone? Once the idea of the slanted rope comes up, the students should experience making the choices of where they want to jump over. So you'd restart that activity by using this guiding questions to how can we make this inclusive. After you have that talk, the teacher can then transfer the concepts to another content. And in the case of this podcast example, the disc golf unit. Um, the idea is that when students experience the concept of inclusion, they're also going to understand the purpose of the approach being used in the PE lesson, meaning in this case, the inclusion style. So as we kind of start wrapping up this episode, I, I'll briefly go through the steps of implementing this style, and you can find more detail about the ways to implement the inclusion style in the book. So first, you're going to talk to your students about the major objective of what you're trying to do. So you're essentially introducing the idea of inclusion. Now you could use the rope uh, example, or you can use something different. Second, clarify the roles and expectations, both of the teacher and the students. You're explaining what is your role and what are the students' roles. Number three, set the tasks with the extensions in a way that all of your students will be able to be successful. So this is going to take planning on your end to make sure that you have enough information, enough different ta uh, adjustments and extensions to make this work. And number four, explain the different options and the degree of difficulty. So helping your students make decisions by being clear on what success looks like. When you teach the criteria of what success looks like, the students are then going to be 
able to make better decisions about when to move to the next task. And this can reduce frustration and improve self-efficacy. So I'm going to finish the podcast off with a quote from the book that really stood out to me. And you can find this if you download the free book on page 165. And the quote is, if inclusion is a true goal of physical education, then what counts is frequent successful participation of every student by creating conditions for multiple entry points. The primary teaching behavior for accomplishing this goal is the inclusion style. So that's all I have for you on this one. Once again, I encourage you to download the book. It's free. Um, I have a link to it at the bottom of this uh, podcast episode notes. Um, you can find a lot of really good examples of how the spectrum is applied in PE and resources that can help you successfully integrate the different styles of teaching in your classes. Um, I'll be back again soon with episodes explaining the next teaching styles, so stay tuned. And thanks, as always, to Alba Rodriguez for her help in producing these podcasts and to the Spectrum Institute for the free materials they provide to everyone who has helped in making these podcasts. Thanks for listening. We also have blog episodes or blogs of these episodes up on um, www.ehpewebsite.com slash blog. Um, and you can find that information there.